Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more. Geico's been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. More power to you. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio. I'm so glad you joined us tonight. Whatever part of the world you're listening to us from, uh, thank you for making tonight a, a part of your a part of your life. And um, I'm really excited to let you know that tonight, uh, Dr. Frank Sommer will be continuing in the series of Healing is the Children's Bread, and it's been awesome, wonderful teachings. Dr. Frank Sommel is a, is a general in the Army of God. He's an evangelist, has a passion for people and souls and and a love for God and, and Jesus. And he's married to his beautiful wife, Karen Sumrall. And with no further ado, I'm going to turn it over to you, Dr. Frank Sumrall, and have your liberty in the Holy Ghost. Take your liberty as much time as you need. Thank you so much. appreciate that, Deborah. We're glad to be with you tonight. This is a good night. This is a wonderful night, a blessed night, a glorious night, that God's going to do great things for people all over the world as we hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that the Bible tells us that healing is the children's bread. you find that in Mark chapter 7. Look at verse 25 to verse 30. I'll read that for you. Over here in the book of Mark, and it's so good because... What it mentions tells us about this lady. She's from a different area. And many people have tried to demean this particular story and say it has no significance, but it has great significance because of the fact of her believing God and accepting the miracle that was to come to her. In the seventh chapter of the book of Mark, we read in verse 25, That's the seventh chapter, verse 25, and it says these words. A certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. This woman was a Greek Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it's not proper to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Now, we would have had great offense at that. But the whole thing was this, because she was not Jewish. She was in the Greek nation. She was a Syrophoenician woman. Because of her relationship to the Jewish people, that's why Jesus said what he said. And then she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yes, the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, go your way. The devil's gone out of your daughter. And when she would come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. A great miracle. She was not in the family, but she was healed by the very faith 
that was inside of her heart. She said, maybe I'm not Jewish. Maybe I don't have the right or the privilege. But the bread that you're dropping from the table, I can. all I need is a crumb, and my daughter shall be healed. And the Bible says Jesus marveled at her faith. That's an amazing thing. Because he was the only one, Jesus was the only one that spoke to the Roman centurion and to the Syrophoenician woman. To these two people, he said, great is your faith. He never called his disciples. He never told his disciples they had great faith. He never told those around about him that they had great faith. But the evidence was the fact that they received what God wanted them to have. She was asking for her daughter. The Roman centurion was asking for his servant. And so as the petition was made in heaven, asking the request, asking God, say, oh, God, touch my neighbor, touch my friend. When you make a request of that particular order, then I believe the Father God reaches down and starts touching them and healing them and setting them free. As I have preached in about 35 nations of the world, I have seen God touch people in every division of life. That means the high caste, the low caste, whatever they are, you know, having to do with their physical makeup, having to do with their education, having to do with anything else, having to do with their relationship to the Lord God. God is a gracious God, and he wants the people of earth healed and touched by the power of his spirit. Now, I have a great heritage having to do with the fact that I'm the oldest son of Dr. Lester Sumrall. And in our family, all the way back the way back when, even my father's grandfather was sick. And, you know, God healed him. So I'm just going to tell you a little part about that. There's Grandpa Chandler, way back when. And so he was down in, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And down in that area where they lived, he was walking downtown, suddenly had a stroke. He was paralyzed, totally paralyzed. Every part of his body was paralyzed. So they had to pick him up and carry him. And they took him to the house of my grandma. And she was there, and and uh, the doctor said, well, I'm coming right over to check on him. Because they had just had a terrible uh, train wreck and a number of people were in the hospital, and so they could find no bed for him, so they couldn't do that. They took him back home, and they called the ladies' prayer group in to pray for him. And they were making so much noise <laughs> at the neighbor next door, who was an agnostic, was, you know, getting a little antsy. And so he is asking one of the kids, he said, hey, what are they trying to do to the old man? He said, they're trying to get him healed. And so he retorted. He came back with a, you know, kind of a smart statement. He said, well, he said, I imagine maybe tomorrow he might just get up here and come over here and check the garden out and jump over this 10-rail fence and going to be all the way well. And was mocking it, really. That's what he's doing. So after their prayer, Grandpa went to sleep, woke up in the morning and forgot that he was paralyzed. He asked for his britches. That's his pants. Put his britches on there, went out there, checked on the garden, and there was a fence out there, and he jumped the fence. And that man saw it. The agnostic saw that. Atheist, infidel, whatever you want to call it. He started crying out. He said, go get, go get your grandma. Go get your grandma. And so they went in there and got her. 
He said, I need to get saved. I want to get saved right now. I've seen a miracle of God take place. I know this man had a stroke yesterday. He's instantly healed by God's power. I want to change my life. I want to live for God. And that was the moment of healing for that young man. But greater than that, everyone knew around town how the stroke had touched Grandpa, and instantly he was healed by God's power, came out of the stroke, and was healed. But the sad thing to say, only one year before he passed away was he saved. (laughs) It took all that time to get him saved and in the kingdom. So that was Grandpa. Then Grandma, she had a situation of cancers on her breasts, and these cancers were going to destroy her. The doctor says, you don't have long to live. He said, we can't do anything for you. And they would, uh, you know, run at night, and they had a terrible smell to them. The aroma wasn't too pleasant. Cancer is very, the cancer itself actually has has a nauseous smell. I've been around people who have cancer, and, and it's been amazing how, how that the very atmosphere of the room changes, and even everything in that room feels cancerous. So she was complaining, and, of course, she was in great pain and stress, talking to her husband. And said, uh, so he was hearing this all the time. And finally being exhausted by this cancerous situation in both her breasts, she went to sleep and had a dream that Jesus came in and touched her touched her chest, and she was healed. She didn't think anything more about it. A couple of days later, uh, her husband said, uh, uh, Betty, uh, you haven't been talking about your chest anymore. You've been not talking about your pain. What, what's going on? She said, well, yeah, I don't feel hurt anymore. I, I don't feel the pain like I used to feel. So she went to the bathroom and checked it out, and there were gauze on her breast area because that they were running and, you know, pussing and everything, well, wicked stuff. And so she pulled them down, and in both sides, there were little things looking like octopuses with tentacles. That was the cancer. Then she looked back at her breast, and God had on her breast. And she lived another 40 years after that. So our God is a healing God. <laughs> Hallelujah. All the way through. Then Dad had tuberculosis. He was healed of two tuberculosis when he was 17 in, in both lungs. The doctors gave him two and a half hours to live. He saw a Bible. He saw a casket. The casket was just his size. And he said, ooh, I don't want to take that. They said, I'll preach. As long as I preach that word, I will live. And God healed him that night. So all the way through our lives, we have had great miracles in the Zumrall family. But when you're a child of God, You have it because you're a child of God. It's the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. One of the things that's quite interesting, and I I go to many times, is that the redemptive names of Jehovah. We taught on this before, just going to basically touch on the very fact that we're, we're going to deal with, especially, is Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer. Notice that it is all the time. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You find this in Genesis 22 and verse 14. He's my provider, my provision. And Jehovah Rapha, he's my healer. Exodus 15:26. Jehovah Nisi, he's my banner. The whole story is found in Exodus chapter 17. 
Jehovah Shalom, he's my peace. Judges chapter 6 and verse 24. Jehovah Shammah, meaning the fact that he's present all the time. He's there. God is present. And then Jehovah Sekinah, he is my righteousness, Jeremiah 23 and 6. So as we see these things, basically what we're dealing with is the one Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee. And as we see this and notice this, let's look at it in uh, Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26. Remember they're in Egypt, and God is doing something in a special way. They have just come across. They've just been moved on by the Spirit of God. And as they have come through the Red Sea, on the other side of the Red Sea, then God says this, in chapter 15, verse 26, if you will diligently hearken and listen to the voice of the Lord your God and will do what you're right in the side and give ear to all these commandments and all these statutes, I will put or allow these diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians. Why? Because I am the Lord that healeth thee, Jehovah Rapha. We have so much to say in that beginning area and to talk about it. And to see what God is going to do for us tonight. That if you have a need, if you had a problem with healing or whatever the situation might be, it might be a migraine headache, it might be something more serious, it, it, it could be some kind of pain in your body, whatever it might be, it might be arthritis. Or it could be any one of the things that, that cause ailment to your body or hurting in any direction whatsoever. So we're going to pray in just a little bit here. Not right now. We're going to pray in a little bit because we want to build your faith and show you that it is, right now, healing is a children's bread. It belongs to you because of what was done. All right? Then Isaiah tells us this, Isaiah chapter 53. And we've heard this before, and we've seen many times before how important it is. This is what Jesus did for us. And uh, the whole chapter would speak directly about it. But what I want to take your attention to is show you, in verse 4 and verse 5, Surely hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Verse 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now, that's interesting, because of the very fact that only until the Romans came to power did they have such a thing called scourging or flagellation, whatever word or term you want to use, flagellation or scourging. That means that they would whip the person and tie them down. And there were ways that they would do it that where you can't move. And they were professionally in, in doing this. They, you know, I mean, they, they could take a man down all the way to his spine. And so the Bible says Jesus was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our the chastisement, and with his stripes. Now, the stripes we're talking about is the punishment he received in Pilate's hall and the things that took place. Now, most of what was happening there to his body, but Jesus could not die until he said it's finished on the cross. That had to come because he could not die at the whipping post. He couldn't die, even in the garden when he started having great drops of blood come from his uh, perspiration because of stress. 
all of that together, everything together, the things that he knew. He said, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. He knew that if he would drink of this cup, this is what he was looking forward to. But then, again, the word of God says that he looked beyond that. What do you mean? I'm saying he looked beyond the torture, the pain, the sorrow, the distress, all of the things that he endured. He looked beyond that to see down through the telescope of time in 2014 to see people that needed salvation, that needed to be free, that needed God's power and his glory and his righteousness to come against the very attack of the enemy that comes against our minds, our hearts, our lives. There's so many ways the enemy comes against us, but we have the power of the blood of Jesus that can take him, dethrone the enemy from our lives and give victory every time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fact, just before we were on, Deborah had a severe pain in her head. We prayed for her, and the Lord touched her. We're so glad that the Lord does that, that he wants to touch us and heal us and make us every withhold. I remember several years ago, I was in the state of Indiana, and they had an epidemic. It was an influenza thing. And so uh, we had a lot of our people in LaPorte Hospital. So my uncle, Brother Murphy, and myself, we traveled from South Bend up to LaPorte. And as we got there, we, we knew a lot of people that were there. We just asked for some names, and we had our names because we had a list. And uh, some of our people were there. So we started going from floor to floor to floor to floor. Uh, this hospital had about six floors. I don't think we ever got to the sixth one. We went to five of them at least. So we started going, and we were on radio at that time. We, we had a program called May I Help You Please. Basically, what it centered around was the fact of prayer, that when people would call in, we'd pray for them. May I help you please. And we'd give them a prayer. The Lord had touched them. The Lord had healed them. God did some wonderful things. And so they would hear the resonance of our voice coming through the halls. And they said, come over here, brother. Come over here. And that day, we had a lot of people that were released from the hospital because we believed that it was not God's will for them to have the influenza and not for them to be suffering or to be in pain or be in distress. And so one of the doctors, I forget what kind of uh, nationality he was, but he said, have you been inoculated? (laughs) And in my spirit were these words. I said, I've been inoculated by the power of the spirit of the living God. And he has touched me, and he's healed me, and I will not get sick. And I said, that's why we're laying our hands upon people. We're we're seeing them healed. And then I started telling them all the different places we were of the hospital. They said, well, since you're doing a good job, enjoy yourself. Now, wasn't that sweet? <laughs> you won't find too many doctors that way today. But anyway, he was he was one of these sweet doctors. And so we're seeing people healed, seeing them set free, seeing the glory of God come, seeing the very power of his majesty. Oh, hallelujah. There's several things I want to bring to your attention having to do with the direction of healing. I mean, there's so much, so much, so much, so much. The reason we were working on this specifically is because that we want you to know that it is in the atonement. That means everything that Jesus did on the cross. All of the things that took place had to do with the fact that healing belongs to us. What I want to do is I want to look to a scripture here in the Old Testament. If you turn with me. Now this is in the book of Second Kings. 
and it deals with a story that you're possibly that you know about and what it has to do specifically with is in second kings chapter 5 we have the tremendous story of a man called Naaman and uh, it's totally amazing It, it is so amazing because of the fact that Naaman it said uh, in, in this chapter, it said, Now Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man. Now, there's three words said about him. It said he was a great man. He said he was an honorable man. And then he said he was a mighty man. But there were five words that described him to his situation. It said, But he was a leper. Now, in those days, leprosy, if you had leprosy, they might as well sign you, consign you away forever that you would never get better. And so let's look at the story. The Syrians had gone out by company and all the brought to a little, and a little maid girl. She waited on Naaman's wife. So she was a maid girl that waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto his mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with a prophet that's in Samaria that he would recover him of his leprosy. Look at it there. Recover him of his leprosy. And the one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus and thus, and the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go, 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 go. And I will send a letter to the king of Israel. Now, what did the king of Israel have to do with the letter? you find out a little bit later. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, thousand pieces of gold, and a change of raiment. Now, I have a Dake Bible. The Dake Bible has all this information in. And basically, they're talking about the ten talents valued at close to $1,900 would be $19,000 just for the talents. And then, in gold... All that would add, that would be 58000 So we're talking about a grand total of over $70,000 at that point in time. It doesn't say how much the raiment cost, but it does say about those things. He was going to pay for his healing. <laughs> you don't get that from God. You can't pay for your healing. No, because it has already been paid, already taken place. That's why Jesus had stripes laid upon his back for our healing. By his stripes we are healed. Oh, hallelujah. Several years back, I was in the land of Indonesia, very primitive area. And I had contacted some kind of bad water or something like that, and I had a raging fever. And I was supposed to preach that night. And guess what? I did preach that night. I got myself out of bed. I don't care how much I was sweating or anything else. And we walked several miles to get to the places where the service was held. And about the first 10 minutes, I felt I was going to die. And then I rebuked the devil and came against him. And I said, you can't do anything about this. In the name of Jesus, I break your power. And when I did, I started sweating. And then after the service, we had several, several, you know, it was a smaller town. But but we had hundreds of people. And so I told the interpreter then, I said, I want to lay hands on everybody here. Everybody here, I want to lay hands on. And we did, and the power of God started touching right and left, right and left, right. I'm, whew, it just swept through them like something amazing. But the Lord spoke to me then. He said, if you hadn't got out of bed 
And if you hadn't done what you're supposed to do, he said, you could have been headed toward the casket. I said, yes, sir. So we have to do what God gives us to do. There are mandates on our life. There are plans that God has for us. <laughs> Hallelujah. The plans of our God for us. Amen. Well, we're not finished with the story yet, so we're talking about the money thing. And so he brought a letter to the king of Israel, verse 6. And when the letter came, he said, uh, Name my servant, that you may recover him as a leprosy. Came to pass when the king of Israel read this letter. He rent his clothes and said, I'm not God. Am I God to kill Nicolai? This man just sent me to recover a man of leprosy. I pray you, seek a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard the king of Israel and rent his clothes, and he sent the king saying, where have you rent your clothes? Let me see him. So Naaman came with his horses and his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Now, Elisha, he didn't even go himself. He sent his messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall come unto you, and you shall be clean. Now, oh, attitude takes over here in verse 11. But Naaman was angry, wroth. He went away and said, Because I thought he would surely come out to see me. Yeah, you heard about that before? That talk about stinking pride. <laughs> I thought he would surely come out to see me. This great man, this captain of Syria. Oh, I'm a great man. And then call on the name of his God and then strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. And then finally he said, Are not my rivers better than Damascus in Abana and Fofar? I wash in them, be clean. He went away in a rage, but finally the servant said, wait a minute here, wait, 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 just hold on here. He said, my father, if the prophet told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you do it? Wash him be clean. So he went down, and he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Hallelujah. Now, what was that miracle for? The miracle was to show how great God was. And look at verse 15. He returned, the man of God, his company stood before him and said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but Israel. Now, therefore, I pray you. And then he wanted to bless him, wanted to give him stuff. He said, No, 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 I'm not, I don't want anything at all. And so that was the story. And he went back and I don't know the end part of the story or anything about that nature, but that happened. So what I'm saying here, in the Old Testament, the reason they were healed was by obedience. The healing in the New Testament comes by covenant. Oh, hallelujah. We're under the covenant of the blood. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's what Jesus has already done. And he said, it is finished. Ha, <laughs> ha. Oh, glory, glory, glory. There, there's some other things I want to bring your attention. One of the things that really impacts my life, and I have seen this many times before, is how Jesus dealt with the people. And one of the things, let, let's look at this. Now, we looked at a leper in relationship of Old Testament. Now, there's leprosy in the New Testament. If this is in Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse forty. Down to about verse 45. 
And there was a leper that came unto him, beseeching him, kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, to Jesus, if you can, make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion. Now, there it is right there. The compassion that Jesus had was the benevolent heart of God, that God, through Jesus, wanted to touch this man in such a way. And Jesus was moved with compassion. He put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And they came to him from every quarter. That means all the miracles that everything's happened. I tell you, sir, he got around. They started, wait, wait a minute. There's a man here that this man touched him, and he was clean of leprosy. I have seen lepers. In fact, I was in a leper colony there in Japan one time. And uh, we were asked to eat with them. Now, the missionary said, well, it's up to you whether you want to or not. I said, I do. And uh, I saw these grotesque-looking people. But I got to minister to them. I got to share my heart with them. And as I started sharing my heart, told them how much Jesus loved it. That the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. I had all of those ones there sitting at my table, very disfigured. Parts of their hands were missing. And part of their face was missing. Other parts of their body were missing. They didn't have much longer to live. I just looked at it. I said, after you say this prayer, and Jesus comes in your heart. When I see you in heaven, I'm going to see you with a new body, with new arms, new legs, new face. I'm going to see you. And so we all cried. We had a time. The Spirit of God moved in a mighty, mighty way. The leper colony, just off the inland sea, here in Japan. And it was amazing, totally amazing. Never forget it. That disease is what Jesus. Now, what you don't know about that disease, according to the Old Testament law, what they were supposed to do, if they got within 20 faces, they were to pick up stone to throw at them because leprosy was contagious. Therefore, they had to drive the people out. In fact, the lepers could not even live inside the city. They had to live outside the city. All leprosy. If you were a leper, you were consigned to death. You had to live in the leper colony until you died. That was it. And if they were healed, they had to show themselves to the priests. That's why Jesus said to the men, to the lepers that came, he said, you got to show yourself to the priests and give a certain offering. This is what you have to do. Now, I tell you, if Jesus can deal with leprosy, we can deal with any kind of situation, any kind of sickness, any kind of pain, any kind of thing, because our Lord will set the captive free. And as we start praying, as we start moving in the Holy Spirit, then Jesus taught us. And notice that this was in Mark. There's another one in Matthew chapter 14. It says that he departed by ship into a desert place, and when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth, saw a great multitude, but he and, and he was moved with compassion. 
moved with compassion. And what did he do? He healed their sick. My, 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 my. Matthew 14. I have seen great men of God. So moved by compassion. I've seen them cry when they prayed for people. I've seen them identify with the different sicknesses. I've seen that. But as we reach out, the most important thing is salvation, to get people into the kingdom of God. They're their body. They can go to heaven sick. They can. I've noticed people that have. But I'm telling you, you don't need to. <laughs> you don't need to go to heaven sick. You can go to heaven healed by his power and by his glory. Everywhere. Everywhere. In Matthew chapter 20, I'm, what I'm bringing to your attention here is one of the ways of healing that comes through the man or the woman of God is the spirit that comes on us in that wonderful direction of having compassion. That is not just normal action. Compassion has to come from the heart of God to come to your heart. And when God starts working in your life and starts speaking through you and touching through you, then you understand what this compassion is about. It's not self-motivated. It's God-motivated. And as God's Spirit starts working in you to do and to will of his good pleasure, that's when the Spirit of the Lord will come and take mighty things. I think one of the great miracles I've seen, and this happened several years ago in the Houston area, and uh, this was during the time when Brother John Osteen was alive, a great convention he had. And uh, there was quite a storm. And I didn't get to park as close as I needed to. And so when I came in, generally I got to sit down in front. But this time I was moved to the to the wheelchair section. So I got to sit in there by the wheelchair people. And during praise and worship, during praise and worship, the anointing of God was so strong, so wonderful, so powerful, so glorious. You could close your eyes and, and see the angels. You could feel the angelic activity. Just in front of me was seated the lady, and uh, she was in a wheelchair. She only stayed there about 15, 20 minutes, but here's what happened to her. As she began to minister to the Lord, I saw that woman come out of a wheelchair and stand, and the lady beside her was her daughter. She said, Mama, what are you doing standing? She said, Jesus is standing right in front of me, and he said, Arise. Arise, he called her name. Arise. He said, I just was obedient and started standing up. She says, well, Mama, you've had that paralysis for 25 years. <laughs> she started laughing. She said, not anymore. For Jesus, during that moment of time, I saw something that I haven't seen in many places. When worship, high worship, high praise come before a holy God, and your hearts are turned toward him. I've seen miracles, uh, tremendous miracles. If to define what a miracle is, a miracle that takes place, you see, that's so wonderful and so glorious. A miracle is instantaneous. Uh, healing is progressive. It might take a little longer, but it's still coming. Healings come. And usually to have a progression of time. 
I've seen some people healed in a progressive state, even two or three days. It's been longer. Sometimes progression has been longer. It has been months, even years. But if you know that you're getting better, you're in the process of healing. Hallelujah. You're in the process of healing. That our God is a loving God. He loves us with an everlasting love. He wants to see you healed, body, soul, and spirit. Hallelujah. That's what our God wants to do. All the way through the Word of God, we see so much at what the Lord wants to do for us and how he wants to bless us and how he wants us to walk with him. Walk with him. Walk with him. In everything that's in that having the relationship. Asking when Jesus, this is so powerful. What Jesus said on the cross, there were statements made from the cross. The seven statements made from the cross. When Jesus made those statements, among those statements was one, it's finished. It's finished. That means you can't add to it, you can't take away from it. The law, everything around that was finished. Oh, hallelujah. That means you don't have to tribulate. <laughs> I just probably made up that word. I didn't think close to it anyway. Having to do with the fact you pray and, pray and 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 pray. But I believe you shall receive. And the power of Almighty God will come to you in such a demonstration. Hallelujah. A great demonstration. See, we're living in these last days. The reason we're living in the last days is because any time Jesus could appear, we know that according to the timetable of God, all the things are happening here, having to do even with the relationship of the blood moons, other things are taking place. Things are happening so quickly. There's wars and rumors of wars. There's violence about everything you can talk about having to do with the fact in the word of God, having to do with in the last days. But I like this part when it talks about the last days. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. <laughs> oh, my, 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 my. That's what you need a little touch of right there. You need the power of Almighty God to touch you and set you free. Hallelujah. And the word says, him who sets, when, when the Lord sets you free, you're free indeed. When the Lord sets you free, you are free indeed. Body, soul, and spirit. Our body we know with the five senses. Our soul is our emotions, our will, our mind. When that happens, you know, I don't believe Christians should have depression, other things of that nature. We ought to roll that thing off. It ought to roll off you like water rolls off a duck's back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Several years back, I was praying for a lady, and she was in a psychiatric ward. And uh, I was praying for her. Praying for her and praying for her. And uh, her, her family was in there with her. And, and then I told Precious, Jesus not only has come to heal your body, but also your mind. I don't know what caused the situation that why you're incarcerated here. I don't understand that. But I do know this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then she began to tell me a, a very terrible story, huh? Things happened in her life, and uh, we both had precipitation of our eyes. That means we're crying. And I said, I don't care what you've been through. 
I don't care what kind of situation you're in. I don't care what kind of pain you've been through. Know this, that Jesus will take you through it. And then, as I talked to her, she had been a good lady, and she believed that her goodness would get her to heaven. I said, no, 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 no. You have to have the blood of Jesus Christ. Apply it to your heart. Apply it to your life. You've got to know him. Only you must know him. Because there's a lot of people come just to get healed, just to get touched. No, no, no. God doesn't just want to visit you. He wants to have a habitation with you. His presence wants to fill you. His glory wants to surround you. Oh, my, 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 my. We can stay on this quite a while because what I'm feeling right now is the presence of Almighty God. If you're listening right now, whatever country you're in, and you're not born again, you've not been saved, say these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me of every sin. Cleanse me with your precious blood. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for setting me free. I thank you as I say from my heart and with my mouth, I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Guarantees you that salvation, you believe in your heart, speak it with your mouth. It shall and will be. It shall and will be. (laughs) I feel some of you out there that have said that. I want you to write in. I want you to call in, talk to the host, tell them what God's done for you. I feel a great release in my spirit, a great release in my spirit, how the Lord has moved upon you and touched you in a glorious, marvelous way. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Well, some people say, well, don't get too excited. Why not? Amen. We've got the best thing going. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We can praise his name. We can bless his name. We can dance. We can shout. We can pray in the Holy Ghost. We can let his power flow through us. Oh, there are no boundaries. No boundaries at all. God wants you to be free, body, soul, and spirit. Oh, we as God's people, of all people, we should be able to say that Christ has made me free. He will make you free. Don't care what kind of situation out there, what kind of problem is there, what kind of need that you have. He's right there. 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 He wants to set you free by his power, by his glory, by his majesty. Oh, we love him so much. We praise him so much. I'm telling you what, the more, the more that I talk about him, the more I love him, the more I read about him, the more I get energized by him. Oh, he's waiting. He's waiting. He's ready. Talking what God is doing today in the lives of the hearts of people. Even going down the street. When you see somebody and talk to them about Jesus, their hearts are moved. Their hearts are moved. God's doing things out there. Touching people, healing people, setting people free. Letting the glory of God being demonstrated on them. I'm telling you what, it gets better all the time. We're going to see this all the time. It's going to be better and better and better and better and better and better. Oh, I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you, hallelujah, that Jesus has come to proclaim liberty to the captives. According to Leviticus chapter 25, verse 10, you write that one down. To proclaim liberty to the captives, that means you're free. Oh, hallelujah. Then in Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, it says, He has come with healing in his wings. Now we're talking about the S-O-N, the son of righteousness, or the S-U-N. It talks about the son that way. It talks about the son the other way. He has come with healing in his wings to set you free. Oh, blessed be his wonderful name. Amen. He's come to bring restoration. He's come to bring joy. He's come to bring peace. He's come to bring righteousness. There in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 14, it says, Heal me, and I shall be healed. My, 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 my. In Isaiah chapter 57, verse 18, it talks about restoration. Then in Psalm 147, verse 3, it said, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Friend, I don't know where you are today in your life, but if you have that kind of sadness, you have that kind of problem, if your heart's been broken, I know the healer of broken hearts. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Psalm 147, verse 3. Hold that very close to you. He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. What a word, what a word, what a word. Tells us in Luke, chapter 17, verse 14. As they went... They were healed. Sometimes you think it's going to happen that quickly. Sometimes, but it progresses. When it's in progressive state, just start thanking God. Every day you get out of bed. Every day, every day, every day, every day. Every day he said, I thank you, Lord, for healing me. I thank you for setting me free. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your life. All the things that you do for me, I give you praise. Hallelujah. I give you praise. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 30 and 31, about Jesus, and he healed them all. And he healed them all. Hallelujah. Matthew 9, verse 20 and 21, talking about the lady with the issue of blood. You remember that story? How that she came through the press, and she didn't want to be notified. She didn't want anybody to notice her at all. And she touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible says, when she touched the hem of his garment, then Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples saw me and said, what do you mean, who touched me? All the people are surrounding you, and you're saying, who touched me? What Jesus said, who touched me with faith? And he looked around, and he saw the woman. And then he said to her, your faith has made you whole. You will notice that she had been to the doctors. She had this condition for over 12 years, and it wasn't getting better. It was worse. She was losing her money, and this was the last resort. Now, can you imagine this little woman? I remember in her stature, maybe she was under five foot, maybe a bit 90 pounds or something like that. I can see her. She's very weak because she's losing so much blood. And as she comes to touch you, I believe she had her elbows moving right and left. You say, what do you mean? She was going to find her way to Jesus. She was aggressive. She was aggressive in her movement. So she was moving her elbows right, left, and center. I can picture that in my mind. And then she made a lunge. 
I believe she lunged out and touched the hem of his garment, believing, because the Bible says she even said before she did it, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Ha! That's what faith's all about. Say it before you receive it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's a word right there. Say it before you receive it. My, 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 my. Say it before you receive it. Twelve years with the issue of blood. And she touched the hem of his garments. And she was instantly well, instantly whole, instantly healed. Oh, glory, glory, glory. That's what he wants to do. That's what God wants to do. When Jesus is moved with compassion in every direction, what is it? It's the power of touch. Oh, the touch of Jesus, the touch of life, the touch that God has for us. Maybe you could look back in your life and find out when did the Lord touch you? When did he talk to you? When did he speak to you? When did he give you dreams and visions? When has he visited you? Remember those. Those are very precious. I remember as a boy reaching out to God ever since I was five, reaching out to the supernatural, reaching out to Almighty God. And on my bed at night, I would worship and worship and worship and praise and praise and praise and magnify his name. And a lot of times I'd wake up in the morning and my pillow was wet from tears because I was crying. I was worshiping, praising the Lord. And then, sad to say, I didn't stay in that area like that. Got a little older and got a little colder in heart. Kind of say, hey, I'm big now. Well, what business do I have to do to do that? That's really dumb. How dumb can you be and breathe? Anyway, what it was, was that I was trying to outthink this thing, trying to rationalize, trying to compute everything according to mind rather than according to spirit. And when I started moving that direction, and the Lord had to finally get my attention, cause some things to happen, allowed things to happen. When I came back, I came back full force. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. 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 We serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God, maker of heaven and earth. How he wants to touch you, your life, your family, your business, everything about you, he cares for you. The Bible says he loves you with an everlasting love. If we ever understand the very nth degree how much God loves us, our hearts will change, our hearts will melt, and we'll feel his presence greater than anything we've ever known before. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Wherever you are right there, lift up your hands and give him praise, give him glory, give him worship. Start thanking God. Start giving him praise. Bless his holy name. Lift your hands. Lift it high. Now, I'm not talking the reason about lifting your hands high like that because we have the concept having to do with the fact of cowboys. And the cowboy said, reach for the sky. I'm not thinking about the reach for the sky. I'm thinking about running to Father's arms. Running to Father's arms. Running to Father's arms. To say, Daddy, here I am. Daddy, here I am. The Bible says he loves us. He loves us with such a great love. Such a great love. 
Oh, hallelujah. I had about another hundred things to talk to you about, but I tell you, time's really gone quickly. Tomorrow we'll be speaking about having to do with a, there in the book of Daniel, we'll be speaking about the ninth chapter of Daniel, talking about the 70 weeks. And it's most exciting. That time period is between six and seven. We'll also be taking Holy Communion during that time too. So I want you to tune into that special time. And we are experiencing the blessing of the Lord in every direction. Again, we want to say that next week will be a little different because we have the pastor's conference for the river. We'll not be communicating at that point in time. So we will do it the week after that. So the week of the 19th through to the 26th, we'll not be having to do with the fact of the Fire Talk Radio. We will not be doing that due to the fact that there's a conference that we'll be going to consistently. Enjoying ourselves immensely. So I say to everyone this thing, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Thank you for being with us and noticing what our God is doing for you in such a mighty, glorious, powerful way. Oh, hallelujah. Right now, right now, those that are experiencing pain, I command the pain to leave your body. I command pain to leave your body. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, if you raise your hand, start thanking God, giving praise, giving glory. Say, thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you for touching me. Thank you for taking the pain out of my body. Thank you for healing my mind. Thank you for healing every part of my pain. Start thanking him. Give him praise. The Bible says, in Psalm 76 and verse 1, in Judah is God known. Judah means praise. So as we praise the Lord, we're in connection with heaven in such a glorious way as we give him the praise, give him the glory, and give him the honor. Now, this is the way I believe. I haven't got into this tonight, but I believe this way, that praise goes up to God. All praises go up to God. And worship comes down from God to us. Worship comes down from heaven to us here on the earth. And on the other side of that is the glory of God. You hear me? On the other side of that is the glory of God. Now, here's the beautiful thing. When you're in a service with the glory, anything can happen. Miracle, deliverances, blessings, healing, anything can happen. That can take place wherever you are, that his glory can come upon you. Now, we have been conditioned to believe that glory is only one time a year. During Christmas season, according to the angels, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. True, that's what they said. But I believe glory is the contact of heaven to earth. That's glory. The contact of heaven to earth is the glory of God. So when we have an understanding of the glory of the Most High, you read there where Moses, he says, show me your glory. Now, he saw the miracles. All the miracles happened in Egypt. He saw that. He came through the Red Sea. He saw that, and then he still said, let me see your glory. And then God showed him his glory. What an amazing thing. We don't necessarily, not everyone sees the glory of God. We can feel the glory of God. But I have been at times 
If you've been fasting, you've been a prayer, you might have reached out that far and you have come to the glory side. Oh, it's wonderful. It's, it's exciting. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And we just have a tidbit. We have the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, because in heaven, it's going to be glory. Now, here's an interesting thought. You can look all the way through the Bible, especially in the book of Revelation. You find in the book of Revelation that doesn't mention praise. doesn't mention praise. It mentions glory. All the time it talks about glory. So as you watch this and see it and understand it, know what our God's about ready to do in such a, a great measure, start praising him, thanking him, giving him all the glory, all the praise, all the honor, but thanking him for what he's about to do. So that's what faith is. Faith is thanking God before it happens. Maybe a little later on I might do a whole series on faith because that can be inexhaustible itself, how, that, how powerful faith is. Faith is. Oh, beautiful. All the different ones. From the Old Testament to the New Testament where we are right now today. And let your faith live. Let it grow. Let it be part of your being. To move in. To move into the kingdom message. To understand what God is doing today. Here on the earth. In this year. And in the years to come. I believe that the grid of power has been turned up. That God is turning the grid of power up, the escalation of power. We're getting so close to his coming. That's what we need. We need his power. <laughs> we need his power available, made to us, that we can walk in the glory of the Lord. We can talk glory. We can live glory. My, my, my. When I'm saying these things, I feel a fire inside my spirit just roaring. I feel the roaring of God inside of my spirit. Oh, may you be challenged tonight. May you know him. The word of God says they that know God will do exploits. Knowing God in an intimate way. Not knowing about him, but knowing him in an intimate way. Loving God, serving God. Giving God all the glory. Like that song says, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things he hath done. I'm not, I'm not the best singer. That's why I'm not singing right now. I have the tune going on in my mind, but I sure don't want to bring it through the vocal cords. I always tell everybody that I sing better with my heart than I do with my mouth because my heart is positioned toward heaven and I hear the sound of heaven oh I hear the cadence of the drums of heaven I hear the angelic sound I hear oh I hear I hear I hear the beautiful sounds of heaven cascading from the very throne room of God hallelujah Oh, my. <laughs> oh, I don't know where you are right now, but I feel the glory on me now. The glory of the Lord. So it's been so good being with you tonight. And I bless each and every one. I know that God's doing great things for you. Amen. God is doing great things. Whereof we are wonderfully made. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all praise. 
Amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you, friends. Anywhere you are in the world, be blessed by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Goodbye now. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.